My name is Katie Tomberlin, and I'm from Carteret County. This is Community Rising, Shoreside's environmental stories, broadcasting from the Working Narrative Studio. Coming up next are stories from coastal North Carolina. Nature boasts some of the most incredible sights a person can see in their lifetime, and a large majority of those come from our oceans. If you've ever had the opportunity to look at pictures or videos of the Great Barrier Reef off the Australian coast, you know it's quite an amazing part of our environment. But did you know that here off the coast of North Carolina, we also have beautiful reefs? Well, we do, except their creation had a little helping hand from humans. These man-made reefs are known as artificial reefs, and today we are going to learn about their history, creation, and why reefs are so important to ocean environments and our fishing industry. Let's take a dive into these underwater ecosystems with Jordan Byram of the North Carolina Division of Marine Fisheries in Moorhead City. I'm Jordan Byram. I am uh, originally from Tarboro, North Carolina. I'm uh, 29 years old. I've been working for the Division of Marine Fisheries now for about three and a half years in the habitat and enhancement section. So we you manage um, artificial reefs, some of the oyster rehabilitation efforts throughout North Carolina, um, and a host of other things. It sounds like the artificial reef program of North Carolina has been going on for quite some time now. It has a quite extensive history beginning small with community members and then becoming a very large managed program by the state of North Carolina. So the reef program kind of started, I guess, in its infancy um, in you know, the, the 60s, really. Um, and it was, it was individuals, it was you know, fishing clubs that, that were going out and they would go and just you know, put stuff on the bottom. Um, I, you know, I hesitate to call it trash, but it was you know, refrigerators and washing machines and cars and, and things like that. And this was, you know, very, very effective, but those materials didn't really last very long. So this went on um, for, you know, for a number of years. Um, and the state kind of took control of these, of these reefs in the 70s, um, late 70s, I think. And so now all of the reef sites are actually managed by the state of North Carolina, by marine fisheries. Since then, we've kind of evolved kind of our, our strategy of rather than just, you know, as a, as a disposal ground for, you know, whatever type of stuff, you know, somebody might have and want to donate, you know, we've, we've gotten very, very kind of specific in, in the types of materials we use you know, for, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, we don't want to you know, do any damage to the environment. Um, you know, for instance, like, you know, when we, when we sink boats, um, you know, tugboats and, and ships and things like that, there's very, very strict uh, kind of cleaning, you know, strict guidance on, on what needs to be cleaned and what, you know, what needs to be removed. You know, insulation, um, there's, a, you know, there's a huge document from, from the EPA um, and the Coast Guard, you know, about, about how these vessels should be prepared. It's amazing that the artificial reef program in North Carolina had so much help from the community and state to get started. The Carolinas are well known for many shipwrecks along the coastline, dating back to the early 1700s with the infamous Queen Anne's Revenge. So what constitutes the natural and artificial reefs along North Carolina? 
so you know the natural reefs um, here in North Carolina are, are mostly um, limestone rock based. Um, you know, it's you know some limestone deposits, some ledge that that's been uncovered and has fish living on it and corals and things like that. Um, your know, artificial reefs you know, come in many different forms. Most of our reefs um, are are you know, all man made stuff. You know, we we do have a lot of wrecks here in North Carolina, um, but we typically try to, to try to put these reefs in areas that uh, don't have any other kind of natural habitat there or or other you know accidental you know shipwreck type habitat. Um, you know, we like use concrete, you know, concrete materials, you know, bridge material, um, and at the end of it's you know had some voids or it's cracked or something like that. It doesn't really have any use as concrete pipe anymore, but uh, you know it's great habitat, great places, you know, great stuff to put on reefs. Um, you know, we don't we don't build reefs, you know, own your know, natural bottom, natural live bottom. And you know, inshore when we're building reefs, you know, we make sure we're not building those on you know, areas that already have oysters growing on them or um you know, has you know, seagrass or, or anything like that. So we're we're trying to put these things in uh in areas that are basically otherwise you know, just kind of featureless, uh, you know, good hard sand bottom typically. After listening to the extensive lists and guidelines of which man-made products can be used to create artificial reefs, it is very apparent to the average resident of coastal North Carolina that sustainability is a huge focus in creating these ocean habitats. With 68 artificial reefs spread along the coast, understanding each location's surrounding ecosystem is crucial for each installation. The idea behind artificial reefs um, is that we go and put materials out there and uh, those materials are, are colonized by, by fish species. They're also home to a variety of corals and bryozoans um, and other sessile organisms and crabs and lobsters and all kinds of things. So by going and putting you know, lots and lots of material out, you know, basically creates habitat and supports um, your fish populations um, in areas where otherwise they, they wouldn't exist. You know, for instance, most of our inshore reefs are, are actually classified their artificial reefs um, they have a special designation as an oyster sanctuary and so on those reefs we want to choose materials that are good habitat for oysters to settle on um you know, offshore the kind of suitability the things that are too big you know like a big boat in shallow water um, we can also have things that, that are too small you know, small pieces of concrete pipe yeah you know, that stuff hits the bottom and it's good for a little while but you know we have hurricanes and um, you know, sand moves you know, back and forth and things get covered up and things get uncovered. So we want to choose materials that are, uh, that are you know, good, stable, durable uh, materials on these reefs. These man-made creations are quite amazing in and of themselves, but they are so much more than some random materials sitting on the ocean floor. Not only do these artificial reefs benefit the environment, but they also strengthen fish populations across North Carolina. From oysters to speckled trout to flounder or even Spanish mackerel, these artificial reefs provide a flourishing diversity of fish species. And when there are lots of fish close to the coast, there's coastal residents that are eager and ready to go fishing. So our inshore reefs are in Pamlico Sound. Most of those are, are designated as, as oyster sanctuaries. So they're supporting oyster populations, but they also support a large number of, of inshore you know, fish populations. Um, you know, a variety of species. You know, as you move uh, you know, out to some of the deer shore stuff, so I would say I define deer shore as things that are inside state waters, so inside of three nautical miles. And so that tends to actually, the, you know, the fish species that are on those tends to really kind of vary kind of north-south. 
Um, really, you know, stuff that's up off the Outer Banks. You know, they catch trigger fish, they catch black sea bass. Um, they do some king mackerel fishing, Spanish mackerel fishing. You know, they catch some tall hog up there. And then as you move further offshore, um, it really kind of depends on on water depth as far as you know, what species. You know, tunas, wahoos, you know, amberjack, um, you know, grouper and snapper. Um, but those are those tend to be you know out in deeper water, you know, 100 feet or deeper. Um, and our primary goal in the reef program is to provide fishing and diving opportunities, you know, across coast of North Carolina. If you were to go out um, and, and go by any of our reefs that are, that are uh, close to the inlets, you know, and on a pretty summer day, uh, it's not uncommon to see 20 or 30 or 40 boats you know, out at that reef site. So recreational anglers, um, you're on these places you know, all the time. You know, they're close to the inlet. You don't need a massive boat to be able to get to a lot of these sites. Um, when you go over to the kind of dive shops, you know, they're big proponents of, of ships because you know, they run they run dive charters to these things. I mean, in addition to being you know, something cool to dive, they're also you know, great places to fish. So, I mean, these things, uh, you know, it's hard to put a number on it, but uh, you know, I you know, do have a large impact. There's, this is a, you know, a big business in North Carolina. Um, it's something that's really important. The, the kind of the plan is for us to go back out um, and solicit input. You kind of at each region of North Carolina, solicit input about you know, where people want what material and what kind of materials they want. You know, do they want ships, do they want concrete pipe, and basically you know let the public guide you know, what we're doing and where we're doing it. I mean that's that's why we do this. Pro- yeah, that's why we have this program. A special thank you to Mr. Jordan Byram and the North Carolina Division of Marine Fisheries for allowing this story to be possible. These beautiful artificial reefs along our coastline are incredible feats that connect nature and humanity together, so I highly suggest you go check them out. For more information about these reefs, go to tinyurl.com slash ncreefs. Thanks for listening. to Community Rising, Shoreside's Environmental Stories. This podcast is a special project of Shoreside's and Working Narratives. Do you have a story from our coast that you would like to share? Contact us at info at Thank you for listening.